1: To make you understand
2: Hello, listeners and welcome to ohio mystery sponsored this month by wholesale outlet warehouse in akron ohio you're listening to a clip of in another life by molly morgan a singer songwriter from columbus ohio molly is our featured ohio music artist tonight so hang out with us to the end of the podcast we'll tell you a little bit more about her and let you listen to that entire song but right now let's throw another log on the fire campers let's dig up a new ohio mystery I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our award-winning journalist, Paula Schleiss, who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Akron Beacon Journal.
3: Hi, everyone. Okay, for this story, I'm going to take you back to 1992 and put you in Marietta, Ohio. It was a bad time to be a young woman in Washington County. Some might even say it was a good time to be a killer there. I even found a couple of references on the Internet saying late night TV host Jay Leno once cracked. If you want to kill someone, do it in Marietta, Ohio. Hopefully that's not the case. But back in 1992, here is what local officials were faced with. Two 18 year olds and a 19 year old. All young women who had attended Washington County Career Center together. That was the joint vocational school in Marietta. Were dead or missing. Now, the first was Terry Roach, who disappeared June 28, 1990. Terry's body was found a couple of weeks later just outside Marietta near Ohio 676. The coroner determined she had died from head injuries caused by a blunt instrument. At the time, there was only one detective with the Washington County Sheriff's Department. His name was Bob Schlitzer, and in a 2014 interview, he recalled those days when resources were so tight. He said the department only had about eight road deputies, and back then the BCI would only send one person to a crime scene to offer assistance. He followed every lead that came in, but they all met dead ends, and Terry's killer remained free. Patsy Sparks a blonde, hazel-eyed waitress, was the next victim. But for a long time, they could only suspect she had met with foul play because for two and a half years, Patsy was a missing person. She was last seen April 22, 1992, chatting with someone in a car outside a bar in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Parkersburg is just across the Ohio River, about 15 miles south of Marietta. It wasn't until December of 1994 that hunters discovered her skeleton in a wooded area of Noble County. The third victim among these former classmates was Rhonda Manley. Two years after Terry was killed and four months after Patsy vanished, Rhonda was raped and murdered. Rhonda, who had a reputation for a great sense of humor, though a sweet and shy demeanor, had just collected her diploma from the JVS that spring. In August of 1992, boys walking through Marietta's Oak Grove Cemetery found her partially nude remains. Brett McKittrick, a Marietta officer who later became the city's chief of police, remembered going to Oak Grove that night. He only had 20 minutes left on his overnight shift, but accompanied other officers to see what those boys were talking about. Oak Grove Cemetery is a big cemetery, and I remembered we started by walking from the street, he told a reporter. I remember seeing something laying on the path close to the top of the hill and honestly had no idea what it was. This is Marietta, so I really didn't expect to find what I did. Anyway, the coroner ruled Rhonda had been killed about five hours earlier from wounds to her head and chest caused by a sharp instrument. The city of Marietta was rattled. It was a scary thing at the time, McKittrick told the Marietta Times. People didn't feel as safe as they once did. The thing that was strange about this case was that usually murders instantly have a suspect in mind. But we had no idea. Washington County Sheriff, Marietta Police, and Parkersburg, West Virginia Police all shared information on these cases. Hundreds of people were interviewed. Blood samples were taken from more than 50 of them. But finding out what happened to these women was a slow, agonizing process. Washington County Detective Schlitzer remembered that. When he became a sheriff a few years later, he beefed up the Detectives Bureau, pointed some of them to the cold cases. And a decade after Rhonda's murder, they got a break. An inmate in a Tennessee jail called Washington County to say his cellmate admitted to killing Rhonda Manley. The cellmate's name was Aubrey Davis Sr. He was already serving a 20-year sentence for aggravated kidnapping and an attempted aggravated sexual battery in a 1998 incident that happened in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now, back when Rhonda was killed in 1992, DNA collection wasn't a common thing, but they had DNA from her case. Police compared what they had with the DNA that Davis had in the system from that Chattanooga case, and it matched. Davis who was a 23-year-old Washington County resident when he killed Rhonda, pled guilty. He said in his confession that he and Rhonda had consensual sex, but that he had killed her because he was worried she would turn him into authorities. Though I could not find an explanation of what she would turn him over for if that sex was consensual. Davis finished his sentence in Tennessee, then was transferred to Ohio, to serve his time for Rhonda's murder. So Rhonda's case was solved, and that left two. It was time for another phone call to the Washington County Sheriff's Department. In 2016, someone made that call and said they had important information about the night Patsy Sparks died. I couldn't find mention of exactly what that information was, but apparently it matched what detectives had long suspected. You see, the night Patsy disappeared, she had been seen in the company of a man named Randy Joe Slider, who had a long record of violent crimes against women. But they could never get enough evidence to charge him in Patsy's case. As with Rhonda's case, Patsy's killer was already in jail. Slider was serving a 40-year prison term for a different kidnapping, robbery, and sexual assault. I found stories as early as 2002 naming Slider as a suspect in Patsy's case, but it wasn't until 2018 that Slider agreed to plead guilty to involuntary manslaughter and kidnapping. Now, Slider was a 29-year-old Marietta resident at the time of Patsy's death. He said he knew her and had offered to transport her from a Parkersburg bar to Marietta. Instead, he kidnapped her, took her to a remote location in Noble County that he was familiar with, attacked, and killed her. He was sentenced to another 22 years in prison. And then there was one, Terry Roach. Terry Roach is our mystery. She's still waiting for justice. So let me tell you more about this case. Terry was the daughter of Rex and Catherine Roach, one of three siblings, she had two brothers, Sean and Thomas. She was pretty independent, though, in a troubling sort of way. She moved out on her 18th birthday. That was May 4, 1990, the same month she graduated. At the time, the family told police they had no idea where she was staying, who her friends were, or why she left their home on Putnam Howe Drive in nearby Prix. She had been working at Obie's restaurant, but she left them too. She quit soon after graduation. As a matter of fact, she never even got the chance to pick up her last paycheck. She was last seen by her family on June 28, 1990, but apparently nobody knew she was missing right away. Her disappearance wasn't reported to police until July the 2nd. That day was the last time she had been seen alive. A witness reporting she had been outside the AAA office that day. Police believed she had planned to go to a bar that night. I found an internet reference that Terry liked the band Asylum, which often played at the Wheel Club just across the river from Prix in Parkersburg, West Virginia. I don't know if that's what she intended to do that night, but if you'll recall... A bar in Parkersburg was the last place Patsy Sparks was seen alive. Terry's remains were found on a power line right-of-way near Cole-Kaufman Road on the outskirts of Marietta. She had been beaten to death. Authorities believed she had been killed elsewhere and then dumped where she was found. Lieutenant Jeff Severs of the Washington County Sheriff's Cold Case Squad told the Marietta Times, he responded the day Terry's body was discovered. A person living nearby was walking along the power line right-of-way looking for berries and found the body, he said. It probably had been there for several days. Now, one witness placed Terry with a man named Mark at a gas station. It was said he was driving a Brown Trans Am. Detectives asked for the public's help in locating this Mark, who was described as a white male in his early 20s with dark hair. They got a bunch of leads and they checked out several Marks and brown Transams, but nothing panned out. Terry's case is still unsolved, but if you piece together various news accounts over the years, it's pretty clear authorities thought she and Patsy might have been killed by the same man. I found a 2014 story in which Detective Schlitcher, he's the Washington County deputy who investigated Terry's case and later became the sheriff. He said Terry frequented a bar on Ohio 550 where a person facing sexual assault charges was also a frequent customer. Schlitcher wouldn't name the man. He would only say the man was serving time in an Ohio prison for sexual assault in another jurisdiction, after the man had denied killing Terry. We've talked with him, Schlitzer said, and he knows he's suspected in the Roach homicide. We did gather some information back in the day, so we're still very hopeful of solving the case. So Schlitzer wouldn't name him, but I found another story in which authorities mentioned they thought Patsy Sparks and Terry Roach were killed by the same man. So I'm going to make the leap. That the man Schlitzer was talking about was Randy Joe Slider. Slider, by the way, was also a graduate of the Washington County Career Center, though a decade before the three women who are featured in our story tonight. Anyone with information that could solve the murder of Terry Roach is encouraged to contact the Washington County Sheriff's Office at 740-376-7070.
2: Well, every Sunday, we like to invite an Ohio Mysteries listener on board as an armchair detective. But first, let me tell you about tonight's sponsor. For the month of May, Ohio Mysteries is being sponsored by WOW. That's the Wholesale Outlet Warehouse at 144 North Canton Road in Akron. Selling name brand clothes, toys, furnitures, and more. Usually at least 50% off. And I'm telling you, at least 50% off. Some of their stuff is 70-80% off. It's fantastic. Now, WOW is doing something pretty creative for the folks who do not want to leave their home. Every Thursday at 6 p.m., owner Brian is doing an interactive live streaming sales event. Sort of like those cable shopping network programs. And right now they are also focusing on women's health and beauty. Think hair care, appliances, razors, bath salts, cosmetics, ladies apparel. So here's what you do. Thursday at 6 p.m., grab whatever device connects you to the internet, go to Jatango.com. That's J-A-T-A-N-G-O.com click on the Wow window and start shopping. And right now during this pandemic, some businesses have to think outside of the box. And that's exactly what Brian is doing. You do not have to be local to get in on these deals. You can be anywhere in the United States. Log in, get some fantastic deals. Let Brian know that Ohio mystery sent you have fun shopping.
0: Lucky land casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess. I in my dentist's office, more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
2: this is alex hasty the host of ohio versus the world an american history podcast On Ohio vs. the World, we'll travel back in time with the authors, historians, and even witnesses to visit the most exciting, consequential, and too often overlooked topics that have shaped America's history. There seems to be an Ohio connection to so many important moments. When you said uh, Ohio vs. the World, we did some damage. So join us and we'll take a deep dive to enlighten, educate, and entertain you as Ohio vs. the World makes history fun again.
3: Well, tonight we welcome Jody Johnson from Reynoldsburg. Hi, Jody. Hi, Paula. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Hey, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, thanks for having me.
4: Uh, I've been a big fan of Ohio Mysteries for about a year now. I downloaded them all and caught up within like a month.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Binging.
4: <laughs> yes. I live in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. I am originally from Marietta. And I've been married for 20 years, and I have a 16-year-old son.
3: And I work at Hot Chicken Takeover at Easton Mall. Wow, I have been to Easton Mall several times. I have not been to that restaurant. I'm going to have to put it on my list.
4: We're, we're closed right now, but we're hopefully opening back up in a couple weeks.
3: Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're starting to make those changes. So good luck to all the small businesses that are thank you trying to survive. We certainly want them to fare well. So, Jody, you are originally from Marietta. Had you heard about these three cases before?
4: I have. I don't remember, like, at the time, and I don't remember the details, only because I was, like, 14 in 1990. I didn't pay much attention to the news at that point, but I have heard of the
3: names. Okay. Is there anything about this that surprises you, the idea of, you know three girls they it sounds like they all knew each other were at least acquainted with each other they went to the same school um and then for them to all kind of disappear or be found dead in a two year period i mean is is that marietta or was that an aberration
4: no that was not marietta at all especially in the early 90s um you know very small quiet river town um Probably, probably about the size of Reynoldsburg or so. Um, the fact that all three girls went to the Washington County Career Center, I think there's some kind of a connection there. Um, but it was it was shocking when this all happened. You know that that didn't happen in our town.
3: It sounds like the the community. I mean, you said you didn't remember it that well, but it does sound like the community was just kind of stunned to to have this going on. And why wouldn't they be? It turns out one of the killers attended that career center, too. I mean, to imagine, you know, those reunions. I I read that. Yeah, that um,
4: that was surprising. But it, it makes you wonder.
3: So the big mystery that remains is we don't know who Terry Roach's murder is, or at least nobody has been arrested or convicted on Terry's case. But. Boy, I really think the authorities were kind of hinting at Randy Joe Slider. What do you think? Well, I read about
4: him, um, and he was. Did they? Did they? I forget my research, but did they
3: get him for the the one murder? Yeah, they got him for, and he pled guilty to Patsy Sparks' murder. That's now, right. Now okay. I couldn't find any stories that specifically said. Randy Joe Slider is a suspect in Terry Roach's murder. What I found was stories saying, we think the person who killed Patsy also killed Terry. And then I found stories saying, you know, we always suspected the guy who killed Patsy was Randy Joe Slider. So logic, you put those two together and you're like, oh, they're thinking Randy Joe might be good for this.
4: Yeah, I, I don't
3: know. Um, to me,
4: I would think within that time period, it probably was the same person that killed all three girls. But I don't know if there was enough evidence to me to tie him to all three. Well,
3: we know that he didn't kill Rhonda Manley.
4: They, well, did find, yeah.
3: they found Rhonda's. Um, But it does make me wonder, you know, if you kill more than one woman because you're a predator, you know, if you kill a woman, you know, in the heat of a moment or something, I don't necessarily expect you to have a history of murder that we don't know about. But if you've picked up one woman and raped and killed her, um, then I'm going to wonder if there is more out there that we don't know. And clearly, he's got a history of violence against women. It just makes me wonder if there are more cases we don't even know about.
4: Well, I I wonder that also. um, You know, in Marietta, there's obviously not a lot of murders. Like I said, it's small town, close-knit. It makes me wonder also if the
3: two men knew each other. Oh, Randy Joe Slider and the guy who killed Rhonda? Yeah. So Aubrey Davis, the one who was convicted of killing Rhonda Manley and pled guilty to that. So that's definitely, they got the right guy. Uh, He was a resident of Washington County. Now, I didn't see them specifically say he was a resident of Marietta, but uh, boy, I was hoping I would find something, you know, like where he graduated from high school, but I I did not find that. Yeah, it's not like Washington
4: County is a huge raging metropolis
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's probably the physically the same you know size as most counties but probably population wise has a lot you know smaller feel the only um really familiarity i have with marietta and washington county is that's where you leave the state when you're going down 77 (laughs) you have to cross through to leave and that's really all that I know about it. You know, I know it's a river town. Hey, did you ever hear our episode on the reincarnation of that yeah. woman?
4: Yes, that was one of the first ones I listened to, and that, that's oh what was my attention with you guys. I remember watching the Unsolved Mysteries episode when I was a kid about that. That and
3: was so interesting. What did you think?
4: I, I loved it, too. I thought it was amazing. I... It's so difficult to, it's hard to believe that. I mean, I'm skeptical yet I'm open-minded. So it's quite possible, you know, I mean, we were, we still are a river town with, you know, the stern wheelers and the boats that come up and down and, and a historic town. So you just never know.
3: I had to look up her name because I lost it for a minute. But if anybody wants to go back and see that one, it was um, the reincarnation of Sandra Jean Jenkins. It was our uh, episode 24 for us. And it was a woman in Georgia who uh, just grew up having these visions of being somebody else and traced those visions to Marietta where she believed she was the reincarnation of a woman who had lived in that town a century earlier. So yeah, lots of uh, Rivertown stories from her visions. Cause I think Sandra Jean Jenkins boyfriend or, or fiance died on the river working one of the river boats and, and uh, I think it'd make a good movie.
4: Yeah, I do too. I mean, there's so much history down there and there's uh, so many Ghost stories, of course, and tales and it was the first city settled in the Northwest oh, Territory. Yes,
3: yeah, such a historic town. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: All kinds of um Native American areas and, and all that too.
3: Now one of the things I've always found kind of tricky about these river towns when it comes to murders is that it's so easy for a killer to jump across a state border and back in the day when cops really weren't sharing everything they probably should have been sharing about their cases I, I just i've always thought it was probably a lot easier to get away with murder if you're you know killing on one side of the border and and dumping a body on the other side I don't, do you think that could have played a role in how long it t- took to solve two of those three cases
4: oh absolutely absolutely i mean the the bridge across the Ohio River to Williamstown, West Virginia, is pretty much in the heart of downtown, so it's very easily accessible, and from the spot where Terry Roach was found up on, what, 676 and Cole Kaufman Road, I know exactly where that is, it would take all of 10 minutes to get from that spot across the river. So. Wow. It, Very, very likely that that has something to do with it.
3: Yeah. I think it might be a little less of an obstacle today with technology and the way all these national databases collect DNA and fingerprinting and all of that stuff. But, you know, in the early 90s, I think it was still a really rather primitive system. And I just don't think police, you know, departments shared information to the level they they really should have or could have
4: absolutely not and there wasn't the internet you know there wasn't facebook there wasn't email so yeah i mean information was pretty much just from police records and newspaper right the bonnie m wells website did you happen to come across that no it was called starlightenterprises.com and it's by a woman named Bonnie M Wells and i from everything i could gather it was a legit informational website put in her own words but it was uh, the title of it was Terry Lee Roach by Bonnie M Wells part of looking for a killer series the pure coincidence book series
3: hey is this the woman who thought terry roach looked like her daughter yes I did read that. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Well, the the website I came
4: across was actually one of the first that popped up when I just put in Terry Roach for Google. And Bonnie M. Wells was, is a woman who found a picture of Terry Roach and had to really look at it several times before she realized it wasn't her own daughter. That's how much they looked alike. And she even showed the picture to her husband. And he looked at her like she was crazy, like, what are you talking about? That's your daughter. And she said, no, it's not. It's Terry Roach. And she lays a pretty convincing story for Wild Bill. Um, He was a man who lived in Belpris, which was just about – 20 minutes down state route seven on the Ohio side. And he was not, not such a great person. He, according to her website, now this, I'm not taking this for gospel. I'm not a thousand percent sure this is correct. Um, But according to her, he was a known local kind of creepy guy, someone who liked to try to pay women for sex Um, he had been reported to police multiple times for sexual offenses, but nothing had ever been done. One of his ex-wives had apparently reported to police that he had molested her daughter, but nothing was done. He was arrested for sex crimes against two Marietta girls in 1980, apparently. Um, But he had been reported for harassing a woman, masturbating in public in front of a woman and her daughter along the river which is just creepy, um, and you know when some of these incidents were reported, a lot of the victims were told, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's not in our jurisdiction," or they were told, "Oh, it's just Bill. There's nothing we can really do about it."
3: Which did we say still, any more about what happened to him? Did he? Is he still alive? Yeah, I mean,
4: I everything I googled on him said that he is 66 now and still living in the area in an area called Little Hawking just past okay. Um uh, At the time in the early 90s, he was kind of in his late 30s or early 40s and he was just, you know, a medium average built man with salt and pepper hair, a beard and according to this uh, Bonnie Wells also um, Terry Roach had been seen out back of her work at the restaurant talking to a man with a similar description and taking money from him. You mean a similar description to Wild Bill? Yes. Okay. And so this Ms. Wells is pretty much 99% convinced that is responsible for Terry's murder.
3: Well, that is interesting. And I'll tell you, it's a good lesson to always be checking every avenue. You know, it it would be easy to think, oh, the the police like this, Randy Joe Slider for it. He must be guilty. But we have done so many episodes on where somebody who just seemed like the obvious choice was not the killer. And you've got to be open to you know, every lead that comes your way and investigate all of them because quite often it's not who you think it is.
4: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you know, this This woman stated that she shown up to work at about the same time that Terry was murdered with scratches all over his face, neck, arms, all that. And she was found in a blackberry patch. Um, oh. And blackberry bushes are thorny and scratchy. So yeah. it makes you wonder about that.
3: Right, right. Well, very interesting. But, yeah, I wonder if he has served time for anything with just <sighs> all accusations that never resulted in an arrest. Um, not that I could find.
4: Actually, I think... In the mid to late 90s, he actually went to court. But I don't remember if he served time or not.
3: Okay. All right. Wow. So, well, we got got two men that deserve looking at for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't doubt at all that this is super frustrating for the Washington County Sheriff's Department. It sounds like they just never gave up. And the case of Rhonda manley and patsy sparks and finally something broke free and years and years after those girls were killed they were able to solve them so i know that they would love to solve the murder of terry roach you know before all is said and done so let's hope they find that one piece of missing evidence that ties it all together
4: i hope so i hope so i'd love for her family to be able to find some closure
3: Well, Jody, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate the extra information you brought to this story for our listeners.
4: Well, thank you very much for having me, guys.
2: That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com.
3: And that brings us to tonight's featured Ohio musical artist, We featured Molly Morgan just a couple of months ago. She's just getting started with her musical career. And when I heard about this other song she just released, I couldn't wait to share it. Molly was born in Chicago, spent a good chunk of her life in Canton, Ohio, but more recently has been living in Columbus, where she is pursuing her dream of getting into the police academy. But musical artists in any career will find a way to keep making music. So find Molly Morgan on Facebook and follow her. We'll put a link in the episode notes for you to make sure you get the right Molly.
2: Well, let's have another listen to Another Life by Molly Morgan. And we'll see you here next week for another episode of Ohio Mysteries.
1: it was all right to tell me stories and lies after the to make you